0: Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey
1: everybody, this is Trista, and you're listening to episode 12. Ah! 12 of Better Etc. Podcast. I can't believe I'm saying that. You guys, I'm so excited. And I know I say this every single week. <laughs> but I'm really excited about this episode. I was introduced to Jen and Trin. They have a podcast called Friendshipping. And they've been doing it since 2015. So even though they don't consider themselves experts on the topic of friendship, I do because they have been talking about it for six years. Actually, maybe even longer than that. What's what's the math? Anyway, they have gathered so much information in that time that they decided to write a book about all of it, all the things that they have learned, all the things that they've shared, all the questions that they've answered, and they even have scripts in the book, which we talk about on this episode, which is so useful. Anyway, their book is called Friendshipping, The Art of Finding Friends, Making Friends, and Being Friends. And I don't know about you all, but I value my friends so much. I grew up as an only child, and so I didn't have siblings. I had great neighbors, but I really valued my friends back then and even to this day. They in my life are considered my chosen family. I truly could not be happy without good friendships. And so talking about this today just makes me happy. I took a cue from their podcast, and the way that they do it is they answer questions from listeners. So I reached out to my Instagram following and I asked if people had their own questions on friendship. And so we answer a lot of those questions. We get into feelings of jealousy when it comes to your friends. We get into making friends when you are starting a new life in a new city. We get into talking about one-way relationships. We get into navigating friendships when you have fundamental differing opinions, which is obviously big these days. And all the different ways you can make friends, which is so important, I feel like, throughout life. So I really hope that you'll tune in. I really hope that you'll listen to what Jen and Trin have to say. And even me, I share a lot of personal stories as well. Take a listen, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. As always, if you could, please head to wherever you're listening to your podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star and review. And in that review, if you could put how you are living a better life because of this podcast or how you plan to be better tomorrow, I would love to hear. So here we go. Please welcome Jen Bain and Trin Garitano. Is that how you pronounce it? 100%. Yay! Welcome. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. I'm so tired. It is early in the morning for me for some reason. But other than that, I am extremely excited and enthusiastic to be here. I think that your focus on gratitude is very similar to the the focus that we take when we talk about friendships. Uh, And I think we've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yay. What about you, Jen? I know you're muted because you're dog sitting and you're trying to prevent our ears from... (laughs) barking dogs.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you hear me disappear for a second, it's because my parents thousand pound golden retriever has decided to take notice of something outside. But yeah, other than that little stressful uh, thing, I'm, I'm anticipating any second. Uh, things are good over here. Thanks for having us. We're really, really excited to talk.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. When I heard about your podcast and your book, I was like, that's Perfect. I'd love to talk about friendship. And I really feel like there are so many people out there struggling with friends right now because of isolation, because of what's going on in politics and divisiveness and, you know, all of that stuff. So I really feel like it's relevant and I'm excited to dig in. So thanks again. So when I start the podcast, I really like to get into who the people are, where they came from, just really the basics. But I'd love to know how the podcast started, how you guys met, how you became friends, and what's going on in your worlds now.
0: Oh, man, that's one of our favorite stories. So the the story of how we met, let's just start there, because it's where it's the it's the love story. It's the it's the origin story of our superhero team up, you know, Jen and I are nerds were huge huge nerds and we met I want to say it had to be like 2012 2013 we met at a convention uh, called CTV2 uh, here in Chicago. Um, it's a, a convention where you meet up for if you're enthusiastic about comic books video games and uh, I was a volunteer there uh, and Jen was there with a couple of friends. I was just kind of standing around in my volunteer gear, and man, Trista, this is so nerdy, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) I was wearing a bit of cosplay. So um, there's a game, Mass Effect 2, uh, and there's a character, Legion, and he wears one piece of armor, and so it was just the one piece of armor, and Jen, from like across the room, is like... (laughs) that. Oh, I know. That's legion. And so we started talking and it was just a really instant connection because one of the wonderful things about conventions of all types, I mean, there's all kinds of conventions. There's like faucet conventions. There's jewelry <laughs> conventions, you know, car. <laughs> are conventions. there
1: really faucet conventions?
0: <laughs> there are. And I know that because I used to work in industrial supplies. Uh, <laughs> got a Got a strange background here. But when you go to one of those, you automatically have at least one thing in common with everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. And Jen and I found that thing and uh, and the rest is history. We ended up working together. We started this podcast. Jen sometimes argues with me on this, but the podcast was her idea. She came to me saying, I want to talk about friendship. I want to talk especially about friendship amongst women and, and non-men. Our ties uh, are extremely important. They help us navigate the world. They help us manage our, our work life, our personal life, our family life. And so that's kind of where it started. Jen, do you, you
2: want to add anything to our origin story? No, you nailed it. It was a magical moment where we met at the convention. And then just on a whim, really, I, I Trin's right. I don't remember bringing this this idea to her for a podcast, but, uh, but I believe you. I believe it happened, even if I have no memory of it. But yeah, <laughs> so we created this podcast in 2015, and it was really just a whim. It was an experiment. We had no idea if we would be doing it for... A month, two months, let alone a million years later—it sure, sure seems like a long time ago. So we just did it for fun. I I had no like goal with it, and it's not like it makes any money. It's a true passion project. And the, the really special part about the show to me isn't isn't you know, Trin and I still host it, but every week we answer questions from listeners. Uh, listeners will email us, um, and they'll ask us questions about like is it okay if I follow unfollow my friend on Twitter? Or uh, what's the best way to reconnect with someone I haven't seen in 10 years? And it's it gets really personal and interesting, and it's always really, really touching that people are willing to share this with us. Um, most of the questions are anonymous, and uh, we do our best to answer, and uh, we make stabbing attempts at giving advice. to, uh, And who knows if it helps, but we really enjoy doing it.
0: Jen, I love that you said we we do stabbing attempts at giving advice because it's so true because we try to uh, view the question from both the perspective of the asker and the potential perspectives of the people involved the, whose stories we're not getting. So we try to cover as as much ground as we can in hopes that the listener is saying, oh, oh, yeah, that part, that part's helpful. Eh, it didn't apply. But OK, I'm going to piece this together because at the end of the day, you know you better than anybody and you know your own situation better than anybody and the best advice I feel like is it covers the most ground
1: so yeah so that's that's awesome. I love love it and the fact that you take questions from people it covers so much ground and it really creates a community I assume that's what you feel like you've done is really kind of create a community
0: yeah We wanted to do the book because of that community, because we wanted to expand on the things that we talked about on the podcast to a level that you can't really when you're just having a conversation. You know, when you have a book, you can you can move things around, structure it, edit it, make sure that you covered every little nook and cranny that you wanted to do. And we feel like uh, we're hoping (laughs) that this book is is going to be something our community
1: uh, enjoys. I don't know why they wouldn't. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So because you guys have this format on your podcast where you answer questions, I would love to kind of continue that with this podcast. And I reached out to my Instagram followers yesterday and I asked them to send me questions. So if you're okay with it, I would love to. Okay. Yes. This is your jam.
0: (laughs) I'm like, I'm like doing, I'm stretching. I'm getting ready. I'm like, oh yeah.
2: I see, see, this is us. We're so enthusiastic for this kind of thing. We have no idea if our wisdom will be helpful at all, or if it even qualifies as wisdom, but we really enjoy it. So thanks
1: for asking. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Do you know what? I think that it definitely qualifies as wisdom. You share your opinions and it doesn't mean that you have been given a master's degree in friendship. It means that you're a human and you have experiences and you have wisdom because of those experiences. So I feel like in this realm, everyone's an expert you know, because of their different experiences. So
0: we like to say that uh, we have a, a foundation of screw ups over our lifetime to draw from, you know, and our whole goal is like we want you to make cooler and more interesting mistakes.
1: So let's let's see what happens. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So number one, the best way to start a new circle of friends in a big city.
0: Oh, so that is so ambitious right now during COVID time. So the first thing that that we want to cover is to say that's ambitious. It is not impossible. It takes time. It takes energy. And if it is worth it to you to put that into it, oh, go for it. But when you make slow progress, because we are in the time of shelter in place, we are in a time where people are prioritizing their self-care, they are conserving their energy, you just don't judge yourself for the slow progress that you might make at the beginning. And Jen and I like to start at the internet. The internet Mm -hmm. is a really good place to make friends. And it's not just a, a good place to make friends that are anywhere, which, hey, (laughs) <laughs> Most of our friendships right now we interact with online anyway, so make some online friends. But uh, one thing we, we like to cover is uh, is Reddit has uh, like geographical kind of pages. So there's a <laughs> Chicago page on Reddit mm-hmm. where people can interact with each other and and, and talk and stuff. And uh, Meetup, Meetup is a is a wonderful place where people can uh, explore their hobbies. So just like Jen and I met at a convention w- about video games and connected on video games, there are uh, Meetup. Uh, groups that will discuss the very specific things that you're into. I don't know. um, Amateur paleontology, perhaps. And uh, Discord is another app uh, where I, I, you know, Discord, I'm not super familiar with because I I think that's a more of a Zoomer thing. But it is a place where it is a curated list of people who are all talking about one thing in a chat, via typing or with your voice. Um, So you have a lot of avenues, I feel, to reach out. Some of them might not be super comfortable. You be stepping out of your your comfort zone, especially if you're not an internet person. But I think that's a good first step. And then the next thing that I would suggest is remember your old friendships. So, you know, when we all come out of this, this COVID thing, I don't think we're all going to make a million new friendships and get rid of all of our old ones. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's going to happen. I think we're going to go back into our Rolodex and we're going to go to our, we're going to see our our primary friends or secondary friends or tertiary friends, and we're going to strengthen those connections. So there is probably, I would guess, somebody in your history that you connected with, but didn't have the time or energy at the moment to make that connection. And now could be that time.
2: Trin, Trin, you covered online communities. You can also find a space to volunteer online. You can join book yeah. clubs, you know. But eventually, when the pandemic is over, one day you will be able to venture and see people in person. And uh, moving to a new city, that certainly is is a harder avenue to make friends. But it's really exciting too. And. Uh, My piece of advice for people trying to do that is try to find connections with people that maybe do know someone in that city. Like it's going to feel awkward if you have a friend of a friend that happens to live in Seattle where you just moved. But try to reach out to them and be honest about what you're looking for. Yes. It's so awkward to say things like, hey, I just moved here and I'm looking to meet some new people. I'm looking to join a book club. I, Where's the best place to get coffee and play board games around here? Make it clear that you are looking for new people, that you're looking for new hangs. And that doesn't mean everyone's going to be a connection or that you're even going to hear back from these because they are strangers at this point. But it's a good place to start and i'm really i'm really glad that this asker asked for a group of friends cuz that means that they're not looking they're not going to focus on one individual person who may or may not have the energy for a new friendship right now, but they're looking to spread their socialization around. Yes,
0: I love it. And Jen, I love that you mentioned volunteering and volunteering is going to be, again, more relevant after the pandemic is over. But I've made so many of my friends through volunteering. Um, the Field Museum, the Natural History Museum out here in Chicago uh, has uh, uh, We Dig Bio and we uh, we, co- we we categorize uh, samples of ferns and mosses together. And that's extremely my jam am so so, uh, yeah those things will exist and I strongly recommend them
1: oh such good advice you guys see you're experts I don't know we're doing our best your best is pretty good I think that's great advice and I love that you brought into the conversation how to go about making new friends after the pandemic because I know we're in a pandemic but of course this podcast will live out in podcast land uh, forever, hopefully. And, you know, if people come to the podcast and listen to this one after COVID is gone, I hope it's gone soon. Then I want to be able to give them some advice too. So all great advice. What about if they're in a smaller community? Cause I know like I live in a very, very small community and definitely there are volunteer opportunities. I feel like when I moved here, we weren't parents yet. And that's a a great number of my friends, I would say, I think about three quarters of my friendships here revolve around me being a parent. Mm -hmm. And so I know that comes kind of with the territory, but for people like me, it was really hard because I was home. I just moved here because my husband is a mountain man and he had a job here and, you know, he had to be here. And I, don't, I, I didn't ski, I don't skin up mountains, I don't like do a lot of those outdoor sports that a lot of people here move here for. So for those people who live in smaller communities, what is your advice for them on making um, friends, especially a big circle of friends? I mean, definitely,
0: uh, I don't want to retread too much ground, but the Internet, again, is always a good place to start. Um, But our our local libraries are also excellent places to meet people and and find opportunities to take classes and to volunteer. I used to live in, man, the tiny little suburb of Darien, Illinois, (laughs) and... And it was quite a year of my life. Uh, it, there was like one restaurant, and uh, and it, it was it was, yeah, it was it was Heartland America, and I I made like one friend while I was there, and it was because uh, I went to the library, local library, and I had a bunch of um, my graphic novels to donate, and I made friends with one of the volunteers there, and we just kind of got to talking. It's putting yourself. In a room where you might find somebody who's like you, and and it's not going to happen right away. It's not going to happen every time. And man, all of those uh, different aspects that you you listed—you know—we're under COVID. We're in a small community. Um, You know, I don't have the same interests as everybody around me. Really, that's hard. And you can accept that that is difficult. Uh, You can accept that that is a lot of work. And and the main component that we always say is that when you are trying to make new friends, and it is difficult don't judge yourself and don't start blaming the slowness on yourself because you are worthwhile of friendship. It's just finding that person is hard. Uh, and we could give, you know, ideas all day. We could say like, I oh, go to the grocery aisle and see who also likes apples. You know, we could do that. <laughs> but that's not even the hard part. You know, the hard part is turning that acquaintance into a friend, turning that acquaintance, that friend into like a best friend. There's a there's a whole evolution that can happen. Uh, and and yeah, it's it is difficult. Jen, you got anything you want to add?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, just the thrust of our book is really like there are many obstacles in your way when it comes to making friends as an adult. It was much easier when you were uh, presumably much easier for many people when they were children because um, you said one word to someone on a playground and suddenly you were friends. Um, But now it's like you have to have like the similar schedule, a similar lifestyle. Um, you have to have similar values. You have to care about some of the same, same things. And everyone has uh, a limited amount of energy and time. Uh, time is precious right now, even though we're mm-hmm. all stuck inside. I still feel like people aren't, most people I know aren't any less busy. They're just busy in a different way.
1: Right. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so true. So, so true. One thing I do want to bring up because I feel like if I was listening to the, this podcast, I would have this question. I know that you're talking about the internet and making friends there. What are your, because you seem to know about, you know, a bunch of the apps and and that sort of thing. What about the safety element? Like I, as a parent of an 11 year old and a 13 year old, I'm constantly touting the the fact that the internet is not always a safe place. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to connect with strangers kind of thing. You know, obviously I'm talking to children, but but what are your thoughts on safety in terms of making friends through the internet?
0: Oh, we have strong thoughts on safety, and we fully agree with you. Um, for children, you know, children are not—they don't have the foundational knowledge to uh, be wise about these things. And and we would never ever say to somebody under the age of eighteen, like, "Yeah, go on the internet, oh, make some no, friends." Oh no, I know, like, I know, right? I know. <laughs> but you're right. It is so. But it is so important to say, you know. I mean, because anybody could listen to this show. You know, I, I like to bring up uh, my experience and, and having internet friends. My favorite uh, story is the story of Sprinkles. So uh, I was uh, <laughs> in a World of Warcraft guild, again, nerd, 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 uh, <laughs> in like 2003. And World of Warcraft is a online video game. So I, it's an MMORPG, which means that it's a massively multiplayer online game. So there kind are thousands of people playing at the same time. And In in that interactions that I had with people, you know, people started grouping up. They they formed what are called guilds. Um, They're like teams to like get things done in this game. And it just over time, interacting with this group, I found my people within the group, you know, it was a, it was a group of maybe 40 people who were between the ages of like 20 and 45, I want to say. And it's very funny to me because uh, I, I connected um, with my buddy, McSprinkles, who I, w- I won't say uh, her real first name just for anonymity's sake. And also because I still call her McSprinkles in my head. That was her 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 avatar name, you know and it was it was an overtime process you know it wasn't just a we talked one time on world of warcraft and we're going to meet in real life we still haven't met in real life she lives as far away as possible as a human could still within the United States. She's in Florida. But we have we learned so much about each other because who you are online is part of who you are in real life. There is nobody on the planet who is loud and, and MAGA hat and is not that in real life, you know, mm-hmm. there's nobody online who is um, who's like me and McSprinkles, who we are both um, you know, queer women who love to talk politics, who love to talk about creativity and crafting. And we just it, it, it evolved like any other friendship, really. So the safety element to me is I, you don't just go into the into meat space with somebody that you only talk to once. Mm-hmm. McSprinkles, I would talk I would go hang out with now after I mean, it's been almost 10 years since we met. There is an evolution. There is a way to get to know people. And similarly to how you can meet somebody in real life and they could turn out to be a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a matter of that friendship having reached milestones and you have become closer and, and gotten to know them. Jen, you've got some Neopets experience. I know you're a da- share. Yeah, when I
2: was, when I was <laughs> younger, I would play uh, this, this online game called Neopets and I'm still friends with the people I met met there. It's a very silly, silly game that makes me laugh to even think about it now. But, you know, thinking about internet friendships, it doesn't always have to be like a complete stranger. Um, The internet, especially Twitter lately in recent years, it's been a way to meet friends of friends. Like Twitter, a phrase that comes up on Twitter is like your Twitter mutuals. And that means two people that follow each other. Hmm. And if I am friends with person A and friends with person B, and then they start talking because they have me in common, that's kind of like I'm endorsing this person. Like, I know that person in real life, and you two would make good friends. You know, we, we talked about conventions earlier. That's how Trent and I met. But it's also like it can be any kind of group event. Like, hey, I'm going to Pitchfork, which is a concert in Chicago. And who on uh, who do, who that follows me on Twitter is going to be there, and do you want to meet up? And that like that to me is a really safe place to do it because you're literally in a crowd of people. You can literally yes. say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go grab a drink now or I'm leaving or I'm going to go catch this show, but let's meet for like five minutes and like, you know, see if there's a connection. And it's it's like, kind of like holding office hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jen, I love that you mentioned the uh, the mutuals thing and the uh, it's it is an avenue to like widen your circles. Uh, We were just talking the other day about how um, networking is so difficult. You know, it's it's friendship with benefits, but the benefits are capitalism and networking is made so much more uh, simple when you have already some kind of connection to somebody Mm -hmm. in the room. LinkedIn, you know, I mean, we don't want you to go around like asking for dates and friendships on LinkedIn. It's, It's for work. Yeah. Uh, but you can see who's going to that thing you can say like oh hi like oh yeah I, I, I see that you are friends with this person that I know um, it's it's a friendship starter even for I would say what I like to call the meat space and I'm sorry that that is so nerdy but it's a word for for real life yes <laughs> thank so you Jen
1: true. great answer and you know I I only brought up The fact that I'm a parent to a tween and a teenager just because that's the space that I'm living in. And when you mention the Internet, I'm like, oh, gosh, I, you know, that that's a little scary to me just because that's where my mind is right now. It's all about it. I would say you are so right to be scared. Yes. There is
2: some very popular channels on youtube that are very terrible for children like uh we we certainly uh we're not here to reassure you that the internet is great we are a hundred percent on team yeah. internet is scary and can be bad we just know that we have found set corners of the internet that are safe and fun and we feel pretty lucky and we have to like heavily moderate like these areas you know like my twitter timeline is pretty sacred like if there's anything on there that i don't that bring like i i follow individuals you know mm-hmm. and if an individual i don't agree with or brings me down or makes me feel unsafe like that person's gone mm-hmm. you know out. like it's just just like you would um kick them out of a party for being rowdy i would i would do the same thing um on on my social media feeds as you should you
1: if there's anything i've learned especially this past year it is if anyone hurts me um in that way i'm like okay well you know what it's okay for us to not be besties and so i don't want to hurt that person's feelings but i'm going to mute them so i don't see their posts so that i don't have these negative feelings come up whenever i see you know them posting or them sharing so i think that's a big thing that i've learned this year is that it's okay Not to, you know, continue to connect with a friend that I feel like brings me down in any way. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anything
0: on the show that we advocate for, uh, maybe even harder than making friends, it's getting rid of people. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. Excise those toxic people from your life. And and it is okay. Um, When you start feeling like a friendship is more work than it is joy— because all friendships are a little bit of work, you know. We we mm-hmm. work to mutually understand each other. We work to help one another, and that is that is absolutely true. But when it feels like a job that you're punching a clock in to go talk to a friend, it's not worth it anymore. When this person is being vile online or in public or anything, uh, not worth it anymore. Uh, so yeah, we we absolutely support you getting rid of those people. Chop them mm-hmm. off. Remove. Yeah, Yeah. we
2: totally support you, uh, support anyone like that, that calls and curates the people in their life because that's one of the very few benefits of being an adult. (laughs) You can, you can, not always, but you can sort of decide who you share your life with. Like you don't get to decide who you, uh, who you're, what family you're born to or who your family is, but you do get to decide who your friends are. And uh, I love that you mentioned, um, uh, muting and unfollowing. Cause man, do we advocate for that too? There's just mm-hmm. no reason to ingest more bad feelings than normal. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, and right. like we are so pro muting. We're even pro muting your friends and people you do like, if it brings you uh, a little bit of peace and gives you some of your energy back.
1: Yeah, totally right. Especially because if we are sheltering in place or feeling isolated, I feel like I, my go to is just my phone. You know, I'm always on my phone and I probably shouldn't be. So <laughs> m- muting everyone at one point in time would probably be a good idea <laughs> for me. Just so oh, I man. don't want to go there. Yeah. yeah. Um, OK, so here's another question. What t- what do I do with a one way relationship? I always feel like I'm the one making the effort. Wow. Okay. That is a question we get
0: a lot actually as well. And I I love and support these people who are the the, the people who are in these situations are givers, you know, they are people who they, they get a certain amount of self-worth from taking care of people, which I think everybody has in a certain level. Um, and then there are people who will just keep taking and taking and taking, um, the first step of this dynamic is to ask questions because it may be that the the taker just thinks this is how this is, thinks that this is OK, thinks that the giver is totally cool with this. This is how things have always been. Uh, so the giver person needs to have a conversation, ask some questions and state a formal need to make a change. And uh, and it's not easy you know, um, and it is not something that always goes perfectly well. But if you want to save that relationship, you have to make your needs and boundaries known. and it's the it's the only way for somebody to know what your needs and boundaries are is if you tell them. So if I had somebody who emotionally dumped on me all the time and I was somebody who's just, oh, who I just always listened to their problems and and i I would pick them up, you know, in my car if I, if they ever needed a ride. If I had that situation, I would say, you know, I was wondering if you realized how uneven this feels to me sometimes, and I would really love it if the next time we hang out, like, could you do the planning? That would make me feel so supported and loved if you could, like, pick up a little bit of this work. Um, Because what that does is it signifies that it's not just a problem with the taker. The giver needs to say something because that's that's humans, man. We will take the situation that we were given and we will accept it until somebody tells us it should be different.
2: Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. We always say like even even your closest best friends cannot read your mind. You know, they are not capable of knowing that inside you are feeling taken advantage of and they probably have no idea. And the reason Mm -hmm. is because the dynamic has been this way for what sounds like a long time. You know, mm-hmm. so if you want to change the dynamic, you do have to state it and you have to you have to request it. You have to say why you need it. This sounds a little mean, but it's true. People are selfish. They are inherently selfish. And that's not necessarily, centered, yeah, really. not necessarily a bad thing. People do need to look out for themselves. People need to look out for number one. But it sounds like this taker rather has no idea that the dynamic is a, is bumming them out, is bumming out the other person. So I think it's time to clue them in.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when we when we say things like people are selfish or self-centered, we love people. Human beings are amazing creatures that are capable of such goodness and, and amazing feats. When we what we say that is we what we mean is you're limited. You are limited to what's inside of your head. If, if you want more information, you have to go out and get it. Um, and and so that's what we mean by that. Um, we don't want to sound too negative to to humanity. We love them. But we as creatures, as animals, are limited. And we have to work against those limits.
1: Well, and I think also that as humans, if you go back to caveman years, you know, we had to survive. And so we had to be selfish. And I think that's just ingrained in us and always will be, you know, so I don't like I agree with you. It's not a bad thing to be selfish. It was at one point in time and and can still to this day be a survival instinct, you know? Yeah. And society is also a survival instinct. You
0: know, making alliances is a survival instinct. We actually start the book talking about how friendship is a survival mechanism because we help each other. That's how we get new information. That's how we update the operating system in our brains is through through being social. So bo- I'd say both things are absolutely true.
1: Yeah. And I think that's great. I agree with you. Communication is so paramount in any relationship. And I have always been a believer in speaking up in a kind way. So It's the way that you say it, you know, like if you're going to a friend and you're saying, you know what, I'm just feeling left out. I'm feeling sad about it. It's not that it's necessary, like I'm really sensitive. It's not necessarily that you're doing anything in particular, but this is just how I'm feeling, you know, in a way that doesn't put them on the spot, that doesn't say, you're doing this to me. I'm blaming you, you know, all of these things, just sharing your heart, with your friends, I think goes so far.
2: Oh yes, we we always say like it's not unkind to share your boundaries and your needs, but it can be difficult. Like we, yeah. we never pretend that that sharing what you want or what you need is easy, especially for some people. Like we, Trin and I grew up in the Midwest, and we are trained to keep our wants and needs to ourselves. Yeah, so true. So uh,
0: true.
2: We we actually in in the book in the friendshipping book we offer scripts like if you're having a hard time getting started, here's how to here's how to say. Hey, I need a little more of your time, or I'm feeling overloaded and I need to be left alone right now. And uh, it sounds so cheesy, but we always advocate for using um, I statements. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know where I got that. I got it years ago, probably from a therapist or a book. But um, when in doubt, use use the word I because it it puts the focus on what you're feeling, and people can't really debate your feelings, nor should they.
1: That the I statements actually come. You might have learned it <laughs> same as my kids. I remember when my kids were in like first, second, kindergarten. You know, and they talked about if you're having a problem with a friend, this is what you do and you know laid down the steps to how you deal with it. That's so good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Maybe we that all should just nice. go back to kindergarten and first and second grade and Obviously, learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
2: it's funny that the lessons you learn that are so basic when you're young are I think adults need refreshers on them. Mm-hmm. I was reading this Twitter thread. It was a while ago, maybe a year ago. That was like it was way before the pandemic because it was it was a parent who was at a playground and I forget how exactly it went, but the center of it was a young boy was chasing a young girl and they were like having fun and playing. And the father said like, hey, now when she stops having fun, you have to stop too. And I was like, oh my God, I know so many adults who need that lesson. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Such good I love that.
1: You guys should, this is your next avenue to take like things, you know, it's kind of like the kids say the darndest things thing. You know, that right. show, like actually take that. And what can we learn from kids? What are the things that we should actually adopt from our own children Absolutely. <laughs> or from the park? <laughs> OK, so next question is, how do you navigate tough topics with friends? I want to stay friends, but we have fundamental differing opinions. And obviously, I think this is a very, very... Very timely question, considering everything that's happening in our world and with politics and all of it. So what do you guys think about that one? So
0: we have a pretty hard line stance that if somebody does not respect you as an individual, you know, your sexuality, your gender, your race, that that person is not deserving of your friendship. And we are at a point in American politics where there is a hard line where some of us do not respect others of different sexualities and genders and races. And those people are not worth our time. (laughs) Let me soften that just a little bit. There are some times in our lives where we can make a difference, where we can reach out to somebody we love and say, I love you. So I'm coming to you and talking to you about this because I think it, at your core, you are a reasonable person. Mm-hmm. And because I think you're reasonable, I think we need to have a conversation about these beliefs that you have. And I, ne- I need an explanation. I need to feel better about these things that you're saying and these things that you're thinking. But man, that is a that is a small percentage, I would say, of those situations. There are some things that can't be talked through. And I hope that the asker is not going through that. You know, I'm hoping that the asker is saying, like, oh actually we, we, we have a differing opinion. Um I, I think that's that soy milk is real is milk and, and she says that only dairy is real milk. Like that that can be solved, you know? And people can learn and people can change. And people learn and change, I'd say, better and faster when the people who love them step in and say, hey, that's actually not okay. Did you know that's not okay? Let me tell you why that's not okay. There are definitely ways to go about this that are gentler. The amazing um, actor, YouTuber, speaker uh, Jay Smooth once said that a great way to approach somebody who's acting in a racist way is to not call them a racist, but to say, hey, that thing you just did or said was racist. And let's talk about that. So I know I kind of dabbled into a a wide variety of topics here. uh, But I I think that it it is up to the individual. At what point is it not worth it anymore? Mm -hmm. Uh, And 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 I think it is okay to accept it if you have gotten to that level.
2: I'm going to back Trin up here and say, like, that was that was a great answer, Trin. It's it's. I think a lot of people are facing this problem in their friendships and their relationships. You know, what it comes down to, to me, is that some things are just not up for debate, mm-hmm. you know? like you can disagree with friends, you can disagree with how they choose to spend their time or who they date, you know, assuming it's, it's not an unsafe situation. Mm. You can disagree with uh, how if someone eats meat and you don't think they should, you can disagree um, that someone wants uh, this bridge to be built in their neighborhood and you really don't. Uh, But things (laughs) like, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I'm like, is that
1: happening to you right now?
2: Oh
0: yeah, there's this illegal bridge being built. No, 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 no it's a joke. It's no,
2: it's funny because I'm I'm quarantining with my dad right now, so I am in a small town. And um, I am, I'm pretty charmed by the small town news. Uh, like there is a big announcement that everyone's getting together to burn their, a bonfire, their, their Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. They're getting together mm-hmm. to burn their like and uh, there's some Aww. controversy about that. And I just think that's funny. Um, so maybe <laughs> to, uh, to me, that's an example of like, well, I don't think we should burn the Christmas trees. But like things are uh, some things are not up for debate, like, you know, like uh, civil rights, treating people with respect. Uh, homophobia, transphobia—like these things—like you can't have respectful debates on them because they're not coming from a place of respect
1: already. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, such a hard thing. I respect that everyone is entitled to their opinion. I, I wholeheartedly do. I, I respect that everyone's entitled to their opinion. But the older I get the more I realize that friendship is about quality and not quantity. So, oh yes. Right. Yeah. So I love that. I want my friendships to be relationships that lift me up and make me happy and are there to support me in the good times, the bad times, everything in between, you know, who the people who actually are there for me, who reach out to me who know if I'm having a bad day and they haven't heard from me in a while and should just say, hey, how's it going? I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? You know, and so it's all about quality for me. And so if there are people that I have fundamental differences and those differences, like you said, are involved in racism or sexism or if genderism is a thing, yeah, I just... I feel like I want to choose quality and I want to choose me and I want to choose things that lift me up and make me happy. So. Yeah. Hell yeah,
0: Trista. Tell them. (laughs) For real, though. Like, this is such a—and it's such a fraught topic because we're taught to not talk about uh, politics, et cetera, with our loved ones. But my goodness, wouldn't the world be better right now if we already had those conversations, like, Mm. back in the day? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I love the quality over quantity. Um, Even just yesterday, Jen and I were talking, and I I said, um, I can only hold five super close friends at all times. Mm. And everybody else is a buddy. And I love my buddies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but but you're totally right. It's like you're you're ride or die. There 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 are a few of those. There's just a few.
2: Yeah. 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 I feel like in media and TV shows, we see people with a ton of friends. I think I'm thinking of the TV show Friends where they have. a <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But like, you know, in my experience, I have like three super close people that when I have uh, bad news or good news in my life, those are the people that I share it with, with right away. And then I'll wait a day and I'll share the news with my wider group or other people that need to know, um, you know, but like you have your, your people that are basically like, you know, somewhere between friend and family.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, yes, you know, I think absolutely. that's a really good way to not like to define those relationships. So if you think to yourself who are the people like if my mom died, God forbid. You know, I know it's going to happen someday we're all dying, but if my mom died, who are the first people that I would call? And so that to you is your core group, is your best, you know, your like your primary like you said, your primary group of friends. And then after you go to those people, who are the the second level of people, those secondary people. So you can kind of define those relationships. And then you can put your energy into those primary relationships first and then into those secondary relationships. So maybe that that would help you to strengthen those primary relationships and and know where to put your energy, you know.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I, it's funny you use that. Maybe funny isn't the right word, but uh, coincidental. I have lived that. I have lost my mom. And that was actually so the sorry. exact example. I Oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. I mean, I know you didn't know. Um, and it's I'm, I am comfortable talking about it, but it's, it's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, you read my mind. Um, When my mom died, I texted uh, three people, Trin among them. And, uh, and then I let my spouse take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, everyone, I I did want people to know, but like, basically you have the people that are on your your list of need to know information. Like it is very important that they know that this is happening to me right now. And those are your, I, I, I consider them my nearest and my dearest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a term for it in the queer community that has also been uh, adopted by the wider population, which I think rules. Um, it's called chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, those of us in the, in the queer community, I'm a non-binary bisexual person. And uh, it, sometimes your family does not like that about you. Sometimes you get rejected. And what we do is we rebuild with our friends. Mm-hmm. and I mean I, like Jen, my buddy Carlin, uh, my buddy Stephen, these are the people that are like, these are my chosen family. Mm-hmm. These are my primary. And, and I feel like that's that would be a good thing for everybody to have a chosen family. Yes, to have those hand-picked individuals you curate who are who are part of you.
1: I believe in that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I love it. Okay, Um, moving on. And this might be one of my last questions because, oh, my gosh, we're at like 50 minutes and I don't like it that we're coming to a close. I love this conversation. Um, This has been so wonderful. I love it. I, I mean, honestly, I just love talking friendship. Oh, this is a big one. How do I quit feeling so jealous of successful friends?
0: Ooh, we love this. (laughs) Yeah. Envy is such a thing. You know, um, envy is it's fed by so much. It's fed by, of course, personal insecurity, which everybody has. Everybody has to deal with. But it's also this wider sense of ranking, Mm -hmm. of social ranking, of ranking within your work industry. Everybody feels like they need to keep climbing. They need to be on the higher rung of the ladder. We're never happy with the rung of the ladder that we're on. And to a certain degree, that's great. I would love everybody to keep progressing in their lives, um, progressing socially with their career, um, et cetera, et cetera. But there's plenty of room on every rung of that ladder. There's there's room for you. You can you can climb up there if you wanted to. and, And that's okay. I think accepting that the people who you view as above you are not some special species of human, mm-hmm. they're not they're not different from you. You know, they are Homo sapiens sapiens, sapiens just like you are, and uh, and it is not impossible for you to achieve those things. And also remembering that everybody has a different definition of what successful looks like, of what happy looks like, of what fulfilled looks like. Um, and mine is very different from probably a lot of people. I, my fulfillment is I want to make weird art all the time. <laughs> And, and like, I, I'm 35. I, I have no interest in having kids. I, I love my cat. I can't wait to get a dog. When I get, when I get a dog, that's when I'm going to feel really successful. That's when I'm going to feel like <laughs> I've got it all, you know? Uh, Jen, because, uh, you know, Jen and I, we've talked about envy on the show so much because it, it is so relevant. But I think it's it's the fundamental understanding that there is no better than. Everybody is just a person, you know? Uh, how about you, Jen?
2: Yeah. And I think that's really hard, understandably, for for anyone to wrap their head around, because that's just not how uh, brains work. That's not how America works. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, I I'm encouraged by this question because they use the word jealousy or envy. I can't remember. I think they use the word jealousy. Jealousy. And I think. I think the first step is really confronting that you feel that way because it's an ugly feeling. Mm. No one likes having bad feelings, especially holding on to bad feelings towards their friends and uh, recognizing when you feel jealous and like specifically when like I feel jealous when my friend talks about her LSAT score. I feel otherwise we have a great friendship or i feel specifically jealous when i see my friends vacation photos because they're very well traveled and i can't afford to travel right now that is what makes me feel jealous try to find the exact source so you know so you can better control the feeling so you can better manage it and um try to approach it with a little bit of forgiveness warmth and humor just because i don't know anyone who isn't jealous in some way or some form mm-hmm. absolutely person, the person that you think has like such the perfect perfect life, they feel insecure in their own way too. So just remind them that they are just as much of a dork as you are. And also envy can be
0: really productive. Um, there is an exercise that I would recommend to anybody. It, it, if you are feeling stuck in your career or your personal life, start making a list of the people you are most envious of mm. and then figure out what they all have in common because that is one of your values. That is one of your goals. And and it's not an impossible thing to achieve. I mean, hey, they all did it. Yeah, you can too. And and I did that You know, a few years ago and I realized that everybody on my list was somebody who had created something interesting. Mm. They were writers, they were uh, visual artists. Um, they, these were people that was like, oh, they're so cool. They're in like a different echelon of person than I am. But the reality is, I have a shared value of theirs, and I'm going to work on that, and that's going to be my goal. Um, so, yeah, envy is not entirely unproductive. So maybe you could turn it into something good. So, so important.
1: Great advice, ladies. Okay. So we have to wind down, even though I don't want to.
0: This has been so great. I agree. Yeah, we do it been, forever?
1: This has been so fun. Okay, so uh, at the end of my podcast, I don't know if you've listened, but with every guest... I have. You have? Yay! Um, yeah. You, and that was not like a passive-aggressive way of finding out <laughs> you were Oh, no way. <laughs> I was honestly
0: excited to tell you that I had because um, I, I listened to the three most recent episodes, and I can't tell you how important it is to have conversations about race right now. And I, I admire very much that you took time to do that on your show.
1: So, Thank you. You, yeah. you actually reminded me of it, Jen, because I think when you said we are all not better than each other. And, you know, when I talked to Rachel, it was it was the part of the conversation was talking about how all of us are a little bit racist. And just because of the stereotypes and the biases that we have been born into or that you know, that our country has or whatever. And so none of us are better than anyone. We are all just human beings. And just, just to realize that about everybody, I think, is paramount um, to living a happy life. So, so thank you. But in my, in my yep. podcast, I ask everybody how they plan on being better tomorrow. And it can be personal, it can be professional, it can be whatever you want it to be. So I'd love answers from both of you on how you'd like to be better tomorrow.
0: I'm happy to do it. Um, I'll, I'll go first just because it's the order we tended to be in. How I'm going to be better tomorrow. I was thinking about this a lot. My partner uh, is amazing. And my partner is so much more together than I am. Uh, he cooks he, all the meals and we're, we're organizing this this move to another state. And uh, and he's really been taking on all of the work. And I've decided that how I'm going to be better tomorrow is to make sure that I carve time out of my schedule uh, to, to help because I've been piling on so much. Like I said, I, I want to make weird art. And man, you can't do that 12 hours a day. You got to live your life sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've decided that I am going to make sure that I have a scheduled like hour and a half where I'm like, hey, babe, you have any part of the move that you need help with? Uh, Because being a good partner is so important to me. uh, And I feel like those relationships kind of reflect back onto all of your other relationships, too. Like, if I can't be amazing to the number one in my life, like, what am I doing? So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my that's mine.
1: Good. And I want to say thank you for answering that. I love that answer. Um, I ask this question because I feel like people will really relate to the answers, you know, and also to get everyone thinking about how they're going to be better. So, okay, Jen, what, what you got for me? Oh, you're muted. Oh, you're muted, bud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's
2: all good. Uh, it's okay. well, that's too bad. I, I said something really profound and powerful. <laughs> and I'll...
1: I it'll not it'll never,
0: it'll never come back again.
2: Um, well, <laughs> I love this question. I'm going to be better tomorrow by keeping an eye on the mute button and mm. I am going to I'm going to take a little better care of myself tomorrow by probably going to bed early and making get, making sure I get a good night's sleep because I haven't checked in with any of my friends really this week. I've been like head down focused on work. And I know I'm getting a little burnt out and I know in order to take care of, to check in on the other people in my life, I need to be a little more replenished myself. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Mm,
1: so good. I didn't laugh to your comment about checking in on the mute button because I thought you were saying checking in on the mute button in terms of like social media. <laughs> social media. Oh yeah. Hilarious.
2: That too. That would be a great goal. Cool, like, let's see who I'm going to mute today. Right? <laughs> mute
0: 10 more people. Right. I love it.
1: So great. Okay, where can everyone find you guys?
0: So you can go to friendshippingpodcast.com and see everything. You can find a link to our podcast, a link to our book, a link to our events. I would say that's like the one-stop shop. Um, but if you want to follow us on social media, we are at do friendship on both Twitch and Twitter. Um, and I think that's that's probably good. I would give our personal ones, but I'm like, eh, this is enough, probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. Friendship, you can get the book Friendshiping on Amazon or dot uh, bookshop.org, which will find a local indie shop where you can get it from.
1: Great so good you guys i feel like that was a blast uh, so much fun i feel like we could have just gone on and on and on for hours and hours and it's talking about friendship is really my jam i love it so thank you Samsies.
2: thanks so much for having us this was really a pleasure
1: so great okay take care of yourselves stay healthy and hopefully we'll be out of this soon out of the chaos and craziness Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter Fan Page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.